Watermaster Studio presents Brushing Up, a miniature painting and tabletop gaming podcast. Welcome to Brushing Up, the miniature painting and tabletop gaming podcast, where I, Dan the Quartermaster, talk with hobby industry professionals, community leaders and volunteers, as well as content creators about their experiences in the hobby. My guest on this episode of Brushing Up is Dave, who manages the game shop in Aldershot here in the UK. I caught up with him to have a chat about his experiences in the hobby and what it takes to run a gaming retail store. And joining me remotely, thanks to the wonders of technology that we take for granted in this world of ours, is Dave from the game shop in Aldershot. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. How have you been? Very well indeed, thank you. Good to hear. Uh, now, before we have a chat about the game shop uh, in Aldershot, uh, I think we need to get these obligatory hobby questions out of the way, keep the, uh, the gods of hobby satisfied and appeased. Excellent stuff. So the first question I've got here is, how did you get into the hobby? I found a copy of Warhammer Fantasy 3rd Edition in my local library. Classic. Um, and then from there, I, I went to the game shop I now ran and bought some uh -huh. Warhammer Dwarves. They gave me a flyer for a um, local convention uh, run by the Alder Valley Gamers Society. I went along to that and bumped mm -hmm. into an old friend from school. Um, he got me involved in the club, and I've been playing war games and role-playing games ever since. Um, Fantastic. A little bit after that, I got to work in the shop um, sort of straight, from, straight out of school and college. Mm-hmm. Um, I got recruited from the shop into Asdevium Games, uh, who were a games distributor at the time and owned the shop. Right. Um, and they eventually go on to become Asmodee, who you might be familiar with from distributing and manufacturing board games across the world. Yeah. Um, and then quite a long time later, my mm. current boss uh, rang me while I was out sailing and said, would you like to run the game shop in your hometown? Um, and I said, yeah. Yes, I would. You always um, get those phone calls when you're out sailing, don't you? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Life-changing phone calls. Exactly that. And yeah. Um, yeah, I took over the shop about four years ago and I haven't looked back since. Mm. Oh, brilliant. And um, when you look at yourself as uh, in the hobby, do you see yourself more as a gamer or like a painter, miniature builder? Where, where, um, do, you, where do you fall on that sort of... Very heavily divide? on the gamer end. Um, okay. But I'm committed to playing it painted. So I've, I've mastered the art of trying to get things to a table standard as quickly as possible um, because I think it looks so much better. And, and so often I'm being a flagship or, or a demonstrator for things in the store. And I want, mm -hmm. I want the games I'm playing to look amazing so that people see them and what, just can decide if they want to get involved. Yeah, help create that immersive experience. Exactly that. Yeah. So my follow-up question there is, what is your favorite game? Or is there a game out now that's just piqued your interest recently? So I, I, it changes a lot. And I have mm -hmm. a problem of swapping, sort of hard swapping my, the game I'm obsessed with every six months or so. Um, yep. Right now, I'm playing a lot of, diff, um, of classic Battletech, mm -hmm. Battletech Alpha Strike. Right. I've been hooked back in by some of the video games. And um, recently, the phase two of their Kickstarter stuff arrived in store. Um, and so I've been painting and playing a bunch of new mechs for that. Um, and the next thing I think my uh, assistant manager and I tend to play a bunch of different games um, in our downtime. And I think we're going to do Stargrave. As oh, the next nice. 
their, their new plastics look amazing. Yeah, the North Star stuff. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. I've got a crew that I'm slowly working on. <laughs> my uh, my assistant manager, Andy, has built every single NPC you can meet in the core rulebook out of wow. the plastic guys. And is uh, slowly working through painting them. And once he gets sort of near the end, I'm going to rush in and speed paint a crew of my own and we'll get some games in. That sounds impressive. We'll, we'll have to try and tee up some games of Stargrave then. That'll be great. We had some really good fun playing Frostgrave um, just before second edition and during the first lockdown, right? Um, which we ended up streaming. And some of them have ended up on our YouTube channel. Though for the life of me, I can't remember our YouTube channel. So <laughs> that's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll dig out the link and chuck it in the episode description so that our listeners can uh, go and check it out for themselves. Yeah. Um, the final question, I think this is quite poignant. So this question, I, I guess, is right up your alley, is what advice would you give to someone who's looking at getting into the hobby? So I think the most important thing is to, is to have an idea of what bit of the hobby is fun for you, mm. whether that's painting and modeling or if it's playing games, and then pick a game or, um, in, in the shop's case, a community that's, yeah. that's suitable for that. We've got a huge gamut from historical army painters to you know lots of people playing 40k and other games workshop games yeah we have a huge blood bowl community in the shop but all of the things they have in common is the people in those communities love them and they're so keen to share it with people that finding the right one is pretty easy and and yeah having a a good idea of where you want to start is the best bet brilliant um, no, some really great advice um, to new gamers and, and painters out there that are looking at getting into the hobby. So thank you for those pearls of wisdom. And uh, I guess we should crack on and have a chat about the game shop in Aldershot, um, your, sure thing. your little baby. Um, and I guess the best place to start with all these sort of things is at the beginning. Um, how long has the game shop been uh, operating for? You mentioned that you were a, a customer in your youth. Is that so- right? I was, yeah. yeah. Um, that it was my first store. It is one of the first three game shops in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been a game shop in Aldershot for the last forty-ish years. I'm not sure of the exact founding date. Um, it was founded by um, the the Steels um, family, mm-hmm. who went on to found as Devium Games as a distributor. Right, um, and that grew and grew a business as as Dan Steel took over from them. Um, turned it into distribution, was selling to shops all across the country and across Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, they realized it was possibly a conflict of interests to both um, run a store and sell to all the other stores. So they sold mm-hmm. it on to uh, to another chap um, and he did a great job. Um, it had just been refitted and yep. stuff like that. And then his business carried on and eventually sold it to, to my boss who mm-hmm. ran it um, for a little while. And then... But as I say, about four years ago, um, the guy running it for for my boss at the time decided he wanted to step back, right. and uh, and I was invited to take it on, and it's been a dream come true ever since. Yeah, it's always uh, good to be uh, doing your hobby as a as a career, as I do myself. So yeah, I can totally get. Um... Absolutely. I, I wasn't quite expecting my dream job to have this many spreadsheets. But, um, <laughs> I think that's probably true of almost everyone's dream job. Yeah, I, I don't think they tell you that at uh, at school. No. <laughs> just, just how many spreadsheets life involves. Definitely learn Excel. Yeah. It's a school for life, isn't it? 
so for those listeners that aren't familiar with the Gain Shop and Aldershot, um, what's on offer uh, for the customers that come on in and uh, what activities and events do you run in the store? What, what products are on the shelves? Uh, can you break it down for us? Sure thing. Uh, the shop is a full range um, game store. We stock everything from collectible card games through the gamut of Games Workshop um, paints and mm-hmm. wargaming products. Lots more obscure other war games and miniatures games. A full range of the Dungeons and Dragons miniatures. Loads of role playing books and board games from family board games through to the more detailed and heavy duty sort of board war games, uh, along with a whole range of plush toys. Wow. Uh, in terms of events, um, obviously, we're a bit more limited in our, our scope of events at the moment, um, thanks to our COVID restrictions. Yeah. But um, right now, we are running um, collectible card events for Pokemon, mm-hmm. for Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic the Gathering. Yep. Um, we have a, our war games room. We have a dedicated room for that on the top floor of the shop. Uh, cool. The shop is spread over four floors. Wow. We've got um, four main games rooms, and one of them is dedicated to wargaming and terrain and scenery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's open as long as our opening hours are at the moment. Um, so people can just book a slot, come on in, um, and play for the whole day, and then we clear it up ready for the next day. Uh, mm-hmm. We also have a Dungeons & Dragons Adventurers League that runs every Saturday. Um, and we're try- starting to host more and more uh, larger scale events. There's a pre-release for Magic the Gathering uh, coming in the next few weeks. And we're running a um, Back to Blood Bowl uh, event. F- um, we were running a league in the before times. Yes. We didn't get to run all the way through it. So, uh, oh, that's a offering, shame. Offering a, a welcome back event that's free for players in the league and an opportunity for people to get, th- get to grips with the new Blood Bowl rules and stuff like that. Oh, that sounds um, awesome. And then in the before times, we were open late every night and we yeah. had dozens of regular role play groups, loads of different collectible card events, two dedicated war games clubs and a kids club um, and large scale events every weekend uh, as often as we could put them on, basically. Yeah. So there's something there for both the sort of people who are new to the hobby as well as the veterans. Absolutely that. We, we, my ethos in running the shop is that I want to fight loneliness and sell Ooh. games and do it in that order. And fighting loneliness is a, a huge, big idea, but I think it's a really important thing about gaming and, and the communities yeah. that we build. Definitely. Is that it's a chance to connect with people that share a passion. Of course. And if, if I can help people do that, that's, that's my why, mm. for want of a better phrase. No, it sounds, that sounds like a, a very worthwhile mission. Thanks. Yeah. Um, now, you did touch upon uh, about uh, COVID and obviously its impact. I'm sure everybody who's listening to the show has been impacted by the global pandemic in some way. But it is interesting to chat with retailers like yourself, particularly niche retailers, um, about you know their experiences with the lockdowns. Because um, obviously the larger retailers have, have taken a hit. And whenever that happens, smaller retailers like yourselves almost feel it twofold don't they absolutely we yeah. we were very lucky our okay. head office is um magic madhouse yep. uk mm-hmm. um, and they're a, a large-scale mail order business so right while while i had to shut the shop um for a large part of uh, of the last 18 months they mm. carried on great guns and picked up a lot of stuff but equally um i had a lovely holiday i had some dedicated <laughs> staff who were willing to stay on okay. um, i followed myself um right and let them deal with sort of click and collect and mail order through the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we did a bunch of upgrades and improvements on the store um, to help when we can open events uh, again the whole place to be a bit nicer so it was it was a very difficult and trying time but it, we certainly weren't as impacted by it as a lot of other small businesses okay what's uh, what particular upgrades if you don't mind me asking anything cool that you're looking forward to breaking out once the store's back and um, in... we we made and painted a load of new terrain right. um we have a whole table full of necromunda stuff and mm. um, that we got done during the during the lockdown nice uh, which is just great um yeah. we'd We've um, sorted out a lot of our lighting um, and um, redone a bunch of carpeting. Okay. Um, yeah, there, there was all sorts of funny little things that you don't necessarily think of. Like yeah. We sorted out, um, like we redid our toilet flooring and things right. like that. Things that aren't a huge deal, but they make a really big difference to the yes. people's impressions of the store. Yes. So. I mean, they're very important to, to the gaming experience. Uh, just to people's experience of being in your store, you, you know, sure. especially in if we're running events for for kids or or Pokemon events, lots of parents come and they yeah. they don't care about the experience of playing the game. They care about the experience of is your store clean? Yes. Are the toilets nice? Does it does it smell of you know of the people playing the game or does it smell fresh and nice? Well, you know, yeah. is the place air conditioned? Th- things like that that really make the experience a lot better. Um, mm. A friend of mine had a CO2 sensor um, and he brought it along to a large scale X-Wing event that we ran in the before times. And it was right. it was amazing to see the build up of it in a room full of people playing games. And when you compare that to the cognitive effects on it, it's, it made us have a really hard look at you know where we do our air conditioning, what right. um, what airflow patterns and stuff we can make in the shop. And yeah. that helped a lot as we've been opening events for uh, during COVID times, our restrictions reflect the stuff we learned from trying to make sure people are still fresh and, and able to play even by the end of the day. Yeah, and and just create a, a welcoming uh, environment for everyone. Exactly that. That's yeah. that's the most important thing for us. We want everyone to turn up to the shop and and be amazed at how lovely an experience it is just being there before they even get to their games. Oh, sounds good. Um, I guess that leads on to my next question is that what, what is it that sets the game shop apart from other hobby and gaming stores uh, that are out there? Um, so I, I think part of it is, is the ethos that I've spoken about. My, my mm. first priority is always helping build our communities, making sure our communities have a great experience in the store and, and selling games is, is important because mm. I want people to have these toys to play, to have these experiences with, yeah. but it's not, but it's not my first priority. I'd rather someone had a good experience with a, a product they bought from another store in my shop than mm. I sold them, you know, four games and they were unhappy with three of them and yeah, you know, something went wrong at the event and that, those sort of things. I want I want people to be welcome in the store. And mm. um, other than that, uh, the the fact that we're spread over three floors of gaming rooms means that we can host multiple events at once. So nice. no one has to share a room with different games. You don't have you know, um, hardcore Warhammer, um, Age of Sigmar or, or 40k tournament happening in the same room as the kids are screaming about their Pokemon event, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, right. And then we were the fourth store in the UK to be recognised by the WPN premium system. Um, okay. The WPN is the World Play Network run by Wizards of the Coast, who make right. Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um, and they have a, a store reward program for people mm-hmm. that run their events 
um, and their premium program is um, a set of requirements, both in terms of how much events you run and how your store is presented, complete with a checklist of, of um, quality checklist and a secret shopper visit. Um, oh. And they, they want the, their WPM premium stores to be the top 5% of stores in the world. Uh, and we're, we worked very hard to get it. And I'm really proud of my staff and, and the shop to say that we're, we were the fourth in the UK. And I think we're one of about 20 in the UK at the moment. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. It's, um, it, it is a high accolade and some of their demands are impressive. And I'm, yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm pleased with the, the way it's helped make the shop a better place. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, it's, it's amazing to think that, um, you know, we as, as hobbyists, as gamers, you know, we're in it for the fun. We're in it for the excitement of collecting, be it a card game or, or a tabletop war game. But there's just this sort of serious, uh, I guess, sort of like almost a science to it when it comes to trying to sort of promote the hobby and the products that, that go along to support it. Absolutely. I, I've read a lot of books that... Um about there aren't very many about how to run a game shop but there, mm. there is a good one run by a store called black diamond games okay. um, in the u.s it's called right. friendly local game shop okay um a great book uh, if you're going to try and open a game shop i thoroughly recommend reading it um, yeah. but then also going and reading marketing and business books and retail training and I, I i take it as seriously as i would a real job because i want to be able to keep doing it oh of course yeah i i guess that sort of leads to a follow-up question is that if there are anyone is there anyone out there that is looking at going into uh, managing or running a, a gaming store like the game shop obviously not in the older shot area if you're somewhere else in the world <laughs> um, what what advice would you give to people who are looking at uh, doing what you've done and and going into this uh, career full-time do a proper business plan mm. um, there there's there's been an upswelling uh, recently of people um, who've lost their jobs sadly during covid sort of mm. retiring to run a game store almost like yeah. um like people who retire to run a pub and sink all of their life savings into it mm. um, only to have to to stop after a while make sure you have a proper business plan um the margins on games are are tight yeah. so you have to be aware of of where you're going to make your profit and how you're going to build your communities and um having looked into opening other stores across the country, finding the correct retail space is very difficult. Yeah. Because you want that mix of a good shop environment mm. and you want a, an amazing place to play. And um, yeah, it's, it's difficult to find. Yeah. So, um, choose wisely. Definitely. Is my advice there. And if anyone would like any help with that sort of stuff, please reach out to us at the shop. Okay. Um, the rising tide lifts all boats and more game stores uh, and more places for people to play make the hobby a, a wider and more diverse place and helps everyone involved. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a growing uh, industry, isn't it? Absolutely. Board yeah. games have been growing year on year. Mm. Um, when I worked for Estevium and Asmodee, it was amazing to see them the the introductory level board games get introduced into various mass market retailers yeah um, and their demonstration team goes to events and um, stores all over the country to to show people that there are more to games than just monopoly and cluedo yes and they do an amazing job oh brilliant um i guess that leads on to the, the next point i wanted to cover with you which is the community outreach that uh the game shop does you mentioned before that you've got various role play groups that 
uh, run their their role play sessions. But is there is there other uh, ways that the the game shop reaches out to the the local and wider hobby community? Um, we uh, I do sort of uh, monthly and weekly videos updating people on what's happening in the shop and right. um. We, uh, oh, for a little bit, we just started to run a sort of DMs um, advice event series. Okay. Where we were getting in some of our, our regular and experienced DMs that have helped us with loads of gaming events or, or just long-term running groups and got them to, to introduce people and teach people things, fundamentals about how to be better dungeon masters. Okay. What um, sort of fundamentals did they cover, just out of curiosity? Um, a lot of it was about um, setting and tone uh, mm -hmm. in your game and, and pacing being quite yep. an important part. Um, I got some of the notes from it, but I was sadly working, so I didn't get to attend. Oh, that's a um, shame. But we did have people travel from Birmingham and South Wales to come to the event, so we're definitely wow. going to run it again. Okay. So keep an eye on our Facebook page for when we uh, get the space and the people to do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you also mentioned that you've got... Um some activities that are for sort of the younger uh, people getting into the hobby? Absolutely. We've got, yeah. um, not currently, but uh, we'll be coming back as soon as we can staff it properly. Mm. We have a kids club called the Grotz uh, right. every Friday night for, for various war games run by a dedicated uh, member of staff. Who, a run herd. Uh, exactly that. <laughs> um, he would be very pleased to be described such. Um, yeah. But he's very enthusiastic about a huge range of war games and, and loves sharing it with uh, with the kids. Uh, and then our Pokemon Club uh, and Yu-Gi-Oh! Club are both um, seven years plus uh, and really welcoming and accepting to that younger audience to introduce people to the hobby. Yeah. And uh, and you've got things for the veterans as well, like your, your Blood Bowl leagues. and uh, Absolutely. Yeah. We ran a whole series of leagues um, for more experienced players, well, for, for all ranges of players. Right. For all those sort of... We tried to run them for any game where you can have a, a good sense of progression from it, okay. stuff like Blood Bowl yep. and Necromunda. Uh, we ran some for the Warcry and uh, Frostgrave, and they would run over 12 weeks with six two-week slots. Uh, you'd get a opponent each week based on sort of swiss scorings um and it was um you played for free on the nights that you did because you paid a fee to enter and there was mm. then a big event at the end where everyone got prizes and you got to give out sort of wooden spoons and person that got the most takedowns and and that sort of stuff we've um we've really rolled it into a, a lovely art of here's here's something special about this game yeah and turning it into a league nice and i, I guess people have been sort of missing that over uh, COVID and the lockdowns. As, as... Absolutely. It's, it was really difficult um, when we started to run events again because I was torn between the desire to, to give people that might not have been able to see their friends or play games for the last yeah. year and a bit and not wanting to be the store that killed someone's mum. No. <laughs> um, so we, we put a load of restrictions in place and I, yes. I think we, we hit a good balance between keeping people safe and, and letting people play. And mm. we're just starting to work our way back up to our, our full range of events and, and other bits and pieces. That's, that's promising. Uh, hopefully it, it does get back to normal soon so that we can all get together like we used to and, and go along to like hobby sessions and, um, and those tutorials that you were talking about for DMs. They, it all sounds really amazing. Yeah, that's that's the plan. Hopefully, we'll see how how the winter fares and <laughs> and go from there. I think. Yeah, um, 
I guess has, has there been some lessons that you've learned from your experience with with the lockdown and um well i mean the 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 most poignant one is that it's actually surprisingly expensive to run a games night um, <laughs> okay i i had to sit down and, and work out the maths for it properly on in terms of staffing and things like that and uh more spreadsheets exactly that and <laughs> um yeah it, it's i I feel a lot of the time it's a bit like a marketing expense and giving an opportunity for people to come into the store mm. and, and it has to be balanced, but it has to be balanced against the fact that I've got to have a staff member there and yeah, of course. And, and the, the amount of work keeping the rooms ready for that sort of stuff is it's, it's a difficult balance between I want to make sure people can come and play. Mm. I want them to be able to do it safely. And I also mm. need the shop store to, to be profitable so we can keep yeah. doing it next year, next month, etc. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it's that's that's for, uh, for retail businesses that have, um, I guess, an interactive element to their operations. Absolutely, it's yeah. um, it was also during the pandemic trying to find the right guidelines. So it was it was very easy to see what you should do if you were a store. Mm. But then, am I am I entertainment? Am I am I like a pub? Am I? So it was. Yeah, going through lots of different um, pages of government advice and trying to piece together the best best advice for the store. Yeah. Um, now, uh, we were... uh, you mentioned that you'd gone along to the UK Games Expo and, and it was I, I had Richard and Kate from the show on uh, a couple of episodes ago and I was talking to them about a very similar thing. Obviously, they, they were having to observe safety protocols with COVID with a large scale event like that. And, and you were there on the ground at the show. What was, what was your impressions of the UK games expo? What was your experience? So I, I went and worked for our head office, magic madhouse mm -hmm. um, at the show. Yep. And I was, I was really impressed with the precautions they put in place. I was very reticent about the show um, in the lead up to it. Um, because I was concerned about that many people go all in the same place, but the yeah, precautions they put in um, and the sort of reduced scope of the show, it still felt like the show normally did, but it was mm. about half the size. And it was, I'm, I'm really pleased that we went in the end. It was, it was a good nice. experience. It was really nice to sort of reconnect and see so many people being um, aware of, of the care they needed to take. If you see what I mean, like yeah. no one was, no one was blasé about masks. Everyone was being careful with hand sanitizer and, and the extra space they left in all the aisles and stuff like that was really helpful. Oh, nice. And and you were there as an, an exhibitor you were mentioning for Magic Madhouse? Yeah, we um, we ran a big stand by the entrance with loads of board games, um, war games and role-playing games. I got to basically sell role-playing games to people for the whole weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really nice to do that and reconnect with a bunch of uh, bunch of my friends in and out of the industry that were all on site um and then we were exhibiting for osprey um, okay as well while we were there so we also got to uh, pick up a load of their awards from okay. for stargrave and some of their role-playing books ah lovely really nice yeah i guess uh with uh, all the as we were chatting about it earlier all the hype for stargrave and the new expansions that are coming out for it um, being on the forefront of it at a large scale event must have been amazing. It was really good fun, and, and getting to show people the um, the sprues of the figures and the presentation of the rules in the book and stuff like that it was it was great. So many people so sharing their enthusiasm for so many games. It was it was really nice. Yeah, 
I take it you'll be back there next year, possibly? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we, we exhibit there every year that we can, and we're looking forward to going back and, and uh, doing it all again. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping to get up next year. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, due to work commitments, I couldn't get there this year. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've heard amazing things about the show, so definitely uh, keen they to get do. up. They run an amazing show. It's it's the friendliest show in the UK, I think, and uh, and really really well put together. Ah, oh, brilliant. Um, but let's bring it back to to older shot uh, mm-hmm. and back to the uh, the game shop. Uh, you mentioned that you've got the um, the the three levels of gaming and obviously the, the event space uh, there to to host multiple events. Uh, this is probably the best chance to plug any future events or activities that are coming up. Yeah, great stuff. Um, there's a magic pre-release for mm-hmm. uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt. Okay. I think that's on the 17th of September. Right. And um, what's involved in that? in that? So you, it's running Friday through Sunday. There are five events over the course of the weekend. Mm-hmm. And you get some cards from the new set a week early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you build them out of your sealed pool and play a bunch of games and win packs. Nice. Uh, I think that same weekend, we've got our Welcome Back to Blood Bowl event. Right. Um, and then... Um, after that, we've just got uh, we haven't got anything official lined up, but we'll be continuing to open um, for our Friday night card games, wargaming while we're open, uh, our Saturday Pokemon and Dungeons and Dragons, uh, and on Sundays we have more Magic uh, and uh, open space gaming. Nice. So there's there's plenty on offer for new and gamers alike. Absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so I guess uh, the last thing to sort of touch upon is where can the listeners go to find out more about the uh, the game shop in Aldershot and what's going on and uh, hopefully uh, get along and play some games. Uh, your best bet is our Facebook page. It's mm-hmm. um, facebook.com slash gamesshopaldershot. Yeah. Um, we also have a Twitter, TGS Aldershot. Uh, and um, a YouTube channel. But again, I, I can't remember what that is, and they're all linked all right. through our Facebook. So, Brilliant. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll put the links in the uh, episode description so that the listeners can uh, click on them and uh, check it out for themselves. Awesome stuff. Thanks very much. Brilliant. Well, that's, uh, that's all I have for you there, uh, Dave. But uh, it's been great having you on the show and, and chatting about uh, the hobby and about the, the game shop and Aldershot. I'll definitely have to pop over sometime and... And give you a game of Stargrave. <laughs> That'd be awesome. It'd be lovely to see you. And uh, thank you very much for having me on. Brilliant. And that was Dave from the Game Shop in Aldershot. If you're keen to find out more about the Game Shop and the in-store gaming and hobby events that they run, the links are in the episode description. Well, that's it for this episode of Brushing Up. But please do make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast so that you stay notified when new episodes are released. Until next time keep on hobbying. You've been listening to Brushing Up, a miniature painting and tabletop gaming podcast. If you have enjoyed the show, why not follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash quartermaster miniature building painting. And on Instagram, instagram.com forward slash quartermaster studios. To find out more about quartermaster studios commission painting services, please visit quartermasterstudios.com. Brushing Up is a Quartermaster Studios production with music supplied by bensound.com.